You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. I believe that all babies are special blessings. I believe that all babies are gifts. They're all God's gift to us as he creates life. So Ruth and Boaz have a son, and they are blessed by being parents. They are blessed beyond belief. In verses 14 through 16, we see that now the baby, although a blessing to Ruth and Boaz, becomes a blessing yet to Naomi. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that God values life, not just some lives, new lives, or old lives, because the book of Genesis tells us that God created man in his own image. So any life, no matter what, is made in the image of God. That has value and creates value in each and every life. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth, chapter 4. As he begins his message, God's Amazing Grace. Open up your Bibles to Ruth chapter 4. We're going to read the last verses in Ruth, the last nine verses, beginning in verse 13, and we're going to go through 22. We're going to read those, and we'll look at these things. So we're kind of, what we're going to do is we're going to, to finish this, the, these, and then we're going to kind of wrap everything up and kind of reflect on what we've learned. We're going to finish up the, the book of Ruth. So if you have your Bibles and you've turned to Ruth 4, let's read. I'll read aloud if you want to read silently. We'll go through these nine verses as we finish up this wonderful, wonderful study. Beginning in verse 13 of chapter 4. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadad. Aminadad begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. So we've been studying this beautiful book. And as we've been looking at this book, the one thing that has jumped out at me is God's amazing grace. And we can look at this, and as we go through these, chapters, these verses, we see his grace exemplified even more. As we look back, after Ruth's husband died, God poured his grace out upon Ruth. And as she, by faith, trusted in him, 
and became one of his children. And his grace continued when she accompanied her mother-in-law to Bethlehem, a city some 50 miles from her homeland, a city where she would be known as a stranger from a strange land, a foreigner and an alien who was an enemy of Israel. But God's grace continued to pour out upon her like a flood, protecting her and Naomi as they traveled back to Israel by themselves. His grace guided her to the field where Boaz was, the exact field. We see the grace of God come to Ruth through the blessings of Boaz as she was well cared for, and eventually she fell in love. And we see God's grace once again at the city gate, as we studied last week, where the closer relative, the much nearer relative than Boaz, rejected Ruth, which then gave Boaz the legal right to redeem her for himself, the legal right for him to purchase the land and acquire Ruth as his wife. In our verses today, we can see more of God's grace as it continues to be poured out as Boaz and Ruth consummate their marriage and Ruth conceives. God enables Ruth to give birth to a son by grace. And God would use this baby to be a source of blessing not only to Ruth, not only to Boaz, but to Naomi, the entire town of Bethlehem, a blessing to the nation Israel, and eventually a blessing to the entire world. At verse 13, we see the baby is conceived. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. There's some interesting things here. It simply means they consummated the marriage. He went into her. They had sexual intercourse. They, they consummated the marriage. And look at the next verse, uh, the next sentence. I love this. I, re I really like this. It says, the Lord gave her conception. The Lord is the creator of life. The Lord creates life. It's one of the things that has been such a battle between he and Satan because Satan can't create life. But he's wanted to all these years. He wanted to create life, but he can only create death. The Lord, on the other hand, is the creator of all life and gives life. And here we says, the Lord gave Ruth conception and she bore a son. The gift of children was never taken for granted in Israel at that time. These were ancient times, folks. These were not times when they had fancy hospitals and they had breathing chambers and little incubators and all these kind of things where you could hook up a child to and help them grow. No. These were ancient times. And having a child was never taken for granted. The fact that Boaz and Ruth were able to raise a son to the deceased Elimelech was evidence of God's blessing and God's grace yet again. It came upon the entire family. But this, as we had said, would be no ordinary child. He would be no ordinary child. He would be special. He's a special gift to Ruth and Boaz. He was a special blessing. And see, I believe that all babies are special blessings. I believe that all babies are gifts. They're all God's gift to us as he creates life. So Ruth and Boaz have a son, and they are blessed by being parents. They are blessed beyond belief. In verses 14 through 16, we see that now the baby, although a blessing to Ruth and Boaz, becomes a blessing yet to Naomi. Let's read these verses. Then the woman said to Naomi, 
Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel, and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Naomi was blessed beyond belief to have a grandson. Remember what had happened to her. Remember, her husband had died. Both her sons had died. And with them, all hope of ever seeing grandchildren had vanished. All hope of ever having a young one run around the house again had vanished with the death of her husband and her two sons. This must be difficult for her. The woman shared in Naomi's joy, and they cried out, Blessed be the Lord. And I love that. Notice when the baby's born, blessed be the Lord. They're giving recognition that the Lord had conception here. The Lord was giving birth. The Lord was in charge of this birth. Blessed be the Lord. And then they look at Naomi and go, he hasn't left you. Who? The Lord has not left you without a close relative. And may his name be famous in all of Israel. And it's interesting here. The word close relative here, immediately you're thinking, well, Boaz. No, he's not talking about Boaz. Who are they talking about? The baby. They're talking about the baby. They, his name, be famous in all of Israel. And we know that his name becomes famous because it becomes in the lineage to the line of King David and eventually to Jesus Christ. To Naomi, the baby was a restorer of life. The baby was a nourisher for him, for her. His birth restored and nourished Naomi's life. She had come from that faraway land without a husband, without her children. She had come in destitute. She had come in mourning. She had come in hopelessness. Remember her name? Mara, bitter. She had come bitter because the Lord had been mighty, nasty to her. And she proclaimed that to the men and women. But his birth brought her way back from the place of despair and gave her hope again, gave her joy once more. It was a nourisher for her in her old age. Now, I say this as a grandparent. Our grandchildren are nourishers for us in our old age because what happens when they visit? We become young again. We get on the floor and crawl around like little kids. We allow them to jump on our backs. We treat them and spoil them. And the nicest thing about spoiling your grandchildren is when mom and dad come back, you go, here you go, bye-bye. My, uh, my pastor, Pastor Frank, said that uh, grandchildren were God's gift for not killing our own children. I never really realized what he meant by that. But, uh, but when they come to your house, you're young again, to the point where you might even watch SpongeBob. And you might like him. And you might find yourself watching SpongeBob when they're not there. And you go, wait a minute. But anyhow, I digress. Grandchildren are grand when they arrive and they're grand when they leave. Grandchildren are great. So Naomi, Naomi has this. And you can bet her name is no longer Mara. You can bet her name is no longer bitter as she takes this little one and she adopts him and she becomes the foster mom to him. And she takes him in her own. And I'm sure she raised him with all joy and with all happiness. And her name once again became pleasant. The baby was certainly a blessing to Naomi. 
baby was a blessing to Ruth and Boaz. Baby was a blessing to Naomi. And in verse 17, we see that the baby was a blessing to the entire town of Bethlehem. Also, the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And he's the father of Jesse, the father of David. What a blessing this was to the town of Bethlehem. The woman named him. The woman of Bethlehem were so excited and so excited. And remember, are you getting what's happening here? They said, look what they said. There is a son born to who? Who was the son born to? No, the son was born to Ruth. But what does the scripture say? The son was born to who? Naomi. Hence the kinsman redeemer thing. Remember, who's Whose legacy were they carrying on? Eliminex. And that was the whole purpose here. That was the whole purpose of the kinsman redeemer. That was the whole purpose of that law, that the family name would continue on. And it's really cool. The town people got around, and they named him Obed. And it's interesting that if you look up the word and the name Obed, you'll find that it means servant in Hebrew, but in Greek, it means worshiper. In the Greek, it means worshiper, and I love that. A servant worshiper. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. And the baby's going to bring notoriety and fame to the family and the name of Elimelech. But Elimelech's name all but disappeared from Israel. It all but disappears. But the name Obed would bring fame and glory to the town of Bethlehem, not only through the life and ministry of King David, but being the birthplace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as well. I love it. This must have been quite comforting to Naomi. Can you imagine? After what she's been through, knowing that the family name now is not going to perish, it must have been comforting for her. And not only would it not perish, but it would increase in fame. This is such a beautiful demonstration of what God can do through one person, no matter what their background is, who gets right with him. A person who chooses God above all else and gets right with him, God can do wonders. God can do miracles. God can do incredible things in that person's life. We've seen it. You've seen it. Maybe even in your own life. God can do wonders and beautiful things. He's just looking for a heart. The eyes of the Lord look to and throw throughout the land for a heart that he can show himself strong. Remember, Naomi, the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. The Lord has brought me home empty. The Lord has testified against me. That's what she said in chapter 1. If she would only had waited, if she would only had looked beyond her circumstances to see the Lord, if she would only have been patient and wait for the promises of God, and not only wait, but believe and trust in the promises of God, Don't be too harsh on Naomi. Don't be too harsh on Naomi because we certainly do the exact same thing. But we should also learn what she learned. We should learn that God's plan is perfect and filled with love. We should learn that God is always working in our lives and we can't figure him out. You can't figure out what God is doing. You may think you know what God is doing, but just when you think you know what God is doing, something else happens. You're like, wait, how did that happen? Why did that happen? God has a plan that is so far above what our thinking could be, but it is a perfect plan. A perfect plan. And as it unfolds in our lives, we're to thank Him and to praise Him in the midst of it. We should learn 
that he does work all things together for good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. God does do that in our lives. But our lives must be lived by faith. Our lives must be lived by faith. Not on what we see and certainly not on the circumstances because the circumstances of what Naomi had gone through, what Naomi was going through, certainly left her, the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. But by faith, we know that God is working this together for good. I'm dealing with a problem with my son right now. We have no idea what's going on and why things are happening. He seems to have some masses that they're looking at in his body. They seem to be looking at them. Things look extremely bad. We don't know what's going to happen. But I'm trusting in this because if there's one thing my son needs more than anything else is salvation through Jesus Christ. And I believe in all my heart that this is going to lead him to salvation. It's not going to be good. It's probably not going to be pretty. It's probably not going to end well. But I don't know what the Lord's plans are. I have no idea what the Lord's plans are. All I can do is trust in him. All I can do is saying, you're God, I'm not, I'm trusting in you. I'm leaning on you, not my own understanding. I'm leaning on you. I'm acknowledging you in all your ways, and you're going to direct my path. And you're going to do what you do best, which is govern this world. And guide me and lead me by your spirit, and I will be happy with that. And if something bad happens, then he'll give me the strength to get through it. If not, you find yourself curled up in a little ball, whimpering on the side of the road, wondering what happened. We have to put our faith in Christ. We have to put our faith in God, who continues to love us in spite of our mess-ups, in spite of our failures. He continues to pour that grace out upon us. We should just be patient and receive his promises. Our lives, we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's what God has called us to do. And as we finish this chapter, and as we finish this book in verses 18 through 23, we see that the baby not only blessed Ruth and Boaz, she blessed Naomi, she blessed the town of Bethlehem, but the baby will also be a blessing to all of Israel and all of the world. Let's read these names again. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadad. Aminadad begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, Boaz begot Obed, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, who would be king. God had great plans for little Obed, for he would grow up and have a son named Jesse. And Jesse would be fruitful, and he would multiply, and he would have eight sons. And when Samuel was told to go out and look for a king, that God was going to give the king, and Samuel was told to go out and look for a king. He came to Jesse's house. And had all these men and all these seven guys stood up, and they all came out, and they're all strapping. They're all strong, viral men. And Samson went down the line. The Lord said, nah, no way. Nah, nah, all the way down the line. And Samuel looked and said, is there not another? And Jesse said, well, you know, there's the kid. Scrawny little runt, always dirty, cloud of dust follow him all around. You know, that crazy kid out back with the sheep. Get him. His name was David. 
And that was the one God chose. That was the one. Cannot mention King David without thinking about God's amazing grace. When you look at King David's life, it's the epitome of God's grace. David not only sinned horrendously in front of the Lord, many times he sinned and did the most horrible things that you could think of against the commandments of God. David also knew what to do with his sin. And he went before the Lord and said, against you and you alone, Lord, have I sinned this day. And he confessed his sin. And then when the consequences came, the baby that was conceived after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba died. His wife, his sons and his daughters became wild people. They raped the daughter and there was killing in the household. And then one of his sons came against him. If it recognizes his consequences from the God and still gave him glory and praise. He was told to number the people, and he did. Then he was told not to number the people, but he numbered them anyhow. And God said, fine, you number the people, and they'll choose this day what kind of consequence you're going to have. And he gave him a list of consequences. David knew the consequences of God. David sinned royally. But there's a scripture to this day that I hang on to when God says he's a man after my own Man after my own heart. Why? Because David believed in God. David trusted in God, and David knew that God was going to build him a house. Not a physical house, but a house that would last forever. A house that was going to last forever and ever. And David knew and believed that the Messiah would sit on his throne. David committed sin after sin, but he was still a great man of faith, and God used him to build Israel into a mighty nation and a mighty kingdom. He was the commander of the army, and he defeated enemy after enemy. He expanded the inheritance of the children of Israel. And maybe most of all, he was an incredible worshiper, and I love that fact about David. He was an incredible worshiper. Remember the name Obed in Greek was worshiper? David was an incredible worshiper. He worshiped God and wrote songs that the Levites would sing to God. We have them now. They're called Psalms. And we can look at and we can just read them. I can't wait to hear the music that goes with them. David devised musical instruments. He spent his life gathering everything necessary to build the house of God, the temple. God even gave him the plans. But God wouldn't let him build the house. His son Solomon got to build it. One commentator said this, quote, whether David had in his hand a sling or a sword, a harp or a hymnal, David was a great servant of the Lord who brought tremendous blessings to Israel. God himself declared David a man after his own heart, unquote. The greatest privilege, the greatest blessing God gave to David was knowing that through him, the Messiah would come. You are Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Obedience can be difficult when life hits you with hard things or when your flesh desires to go its own way. But in the book of Ruth, we learn about the importance of obedience and the blessing that comes with it. Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz reflect different characteristics of God that you can learn from 
Things like sacrifice, faith, and loyalty, each of them committed to living a life of honor and righteousness before the Lord, no matter how complicated life got. We're so glad you joined us today to study the book of Ruth. If you'd like to hear this message again or others from Pastor Dave, be sure to visit our website, assurehoperadio.com. Feel free to share any teachings you find there. If you have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We'd be honored to pray with you. Are you looking for a church home? If so, we'd love for you to join us here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and Bible study, and we do have child care available. You can get directions and more information when you visit assurehoperadio.com. If you can't be with us in person just yet, that's okay. We're still streaming our weekly services online through Facebook. Visit our website to connect. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of Assure Hope.